0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. So, I want to talk about a a topic that it gets brought up. You know, I've been in Jiu-Jitsu for 13 years, and it kind of gets brought up about every, I don't know, four years, roughly, in the Jiu-Jitsu community. So, if you stay around in Jiu-Jitsu long enough, you're going to hear this debate or topic. And it just, at times, it starts to formulate itself more, then it kind of dies, and it pops back up again for whatever major event. But, um... I'm part of, if you guys don't know who Chewy is from different uh, YouTube mediums, you know, he has a really great YouTube channel. He also has a good uh, newsletter email. So if you guys aren't a part of that, I would highly recommend you you send it out. And he was just talking about that the differences between, you know, you've got your BJJ, which is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, then you've got your uh, subtopic of what they call, I guess, uh, AJJ, American Jiu-Jitsu. And then you've even got other topics like GJJ, like Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, right? And there's been a big debate, you know, about five to ten years ago roughly. um, There was a big debate between like street versus sport because sport was becoming a lot more popular and it was becoming a lot more mainstream because now it's easier to watch events, you know, before you could only go to tournaments and you had to be there to actually see a Jiu-Jitsu tournament. But now you can watch them all over off youtube and see all these things so the sport is growing as a whole which i think you know exposes the art more and i think is good but then you know there was this big debate that is sport jujitsu really applicable for self-defense and everyone's got their own opinions and thoughts on it and all different things but really what i want to give you guys is is my overall thought of it because i think it's a good topic and it's my opinion has definitely changed over the years so It will probably change again in the next four or five years. I don't know as new information comes out or whatever, but I'm going to give you guys the pros and cons to kind of both and some fallacies I see in both of the arguments and just kind of where my brain naturally goes. So I started training jujitsu because for self-defense, I was 130 pounds as a white belt and I watched the UFC and I thought that it was really cool. I had no desire to step into a cage and fight, but I really liked the jujitsu aspect. I just thought it looked so cool that, you know, people could put people to sleep with their legs and their arms and people could break each other's arms. And even though I understand, I don't know if you're a striker, you're probably gonna get really mad at me when I say this, but striking definitely is a skill and it takes time to develop, to get good at I 100% understand that I've done striking. Um, a little bit. And so I I know it's a whole art in itself, but somehow it just seems like, like when you're the layman, at least to me, when I was watching the UFC, I was like, oh, I could throw a punch, but I can't just accidentally fall into a triangle. I can't accidentally fall into an arm lock. Like I could, I could ball up my fist and swing my arm really hard and accidentally knock somebody out. Like, and I understand it's not that simple, but that's just the, my, how my brain went to at this point. So That led me to really like seeking out jujitsu because I was like, man, then, you know, you started doing internet searches and you find out that it's like great for small people. And so you're like, oh, okay, great, awesome or whatever. And so my background was really learning mainly like a lot of the self-defense aspect of jujitsu. Like, you know, one of my first classes was learning how to defend from like a headlock from standing. And then one of my next classes was learning how to block punches from the guard and just like things like that, like stuff I was like super open to. And honestly, I didn't get really exposed to more of the deeper sports side until I was probably like in my, I don't know, later blue belt years. Like I knew about X guard. I knew about daily Hiva, but honestly I, I was like, ah, I would never train that. I would never do that. That seems stupid to do. Why would I ever do that? It's never going to help me in a fight. And I'll tell you why my mindset shifted here in a second. But so I really kind of ignored that for a long time. And then, um, you know, as the years go on, you know, you start to, You know, want to play around with that stuff more, you still train self-defense. So my overall thought is this is as now a person that like runs an academy and teaches people, still to this day, I've hardly ever had, I don't want to say never, because I'm sure there's probably been one or two, but hardly, 99% of people that walk through the academy doors have no idea that tournaments even exist. And they have no idea that there is like a world champion. They have no idea that there's even that aspect. Most of them are coming in for fitness and for fun and to learn a practical skill. And then they, you know, figure out that there's a tournament later on. Now, there's probably more people coming in now that kind of know about tournaments, like without training at all, without literally having any experience. Um, But still the mass promoter of jujitsu, I still think is the UFC. So people see it from like a fighting standpoint. That's my opinion. Now, granted, my academy is not um, marketing or marketing that aspect of saying, you know, we're going to make you the next sport world champion and stuff like that. So arguably, maybe if we put marketing into that, we would attract those types of people. But the reason why I know this is probably at least in my area, why self-defense is still important, because what happens is students will go to other schools and they will ask Like we have a really prominent world champion. If I'm in in Oklahoma City. So if you guys just Google top jiu-jitsu people in Oklahoma City. You'll probably find out who I'm talking about. But they will go to that person's school. And the person or the front desk person or whoever will say. Yeah sure. Yeah we'll do self-defense and we'll do all these things. Yeah we have a curriculum. And they do have a curriculum. But you know they don't teach them how to block a punch. They don't teach them how to do anything like that. And they're really pushing the tournament hard after they've done their one-year commitment and start training and everything. And, and that's fine. If that's how they run their school, then that's great. I just think it's very odd when jiu-jitsu schools say, yeah, we'll teach you self-defense. And then I know for a fact the students are like, I haven't learned even how to deal with someone's punching me or hitting me or, or no idea what to do. And I know this because I get their students all the time. I actually just started training a private student from... That school, So I, I know exactly what they do and I've, they've been around for a long time. So um, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see the, the difference between it. Now, I 100% keep up with the sport and train sport techniques because what I've kind of realized is what happens is most people come in for self-defense. So they come in to learn that and they want to be exposed to it. But then what they stay for is everything else. So that's why if you're running like a jiu-jitsu business, in my opinion, or you're running any kind of a thing or you're an instructor, you can't just be only one or the other. Because if you are a sport guy, let's say, and you only want to show that stuff, well, unless you get a very specific person that only wants to learn sport and not learn any self-defense, then you're probably going to run them off not long enough to be able to teach them anything cool. And then if you're only a self-defense guy – and you don't know anything about any kind of sportive idea, well, you're gonna have a student that maybe runs across that after you get teaching them self-defense and they wanna dabble into some other areas and they're gonna have to know that. Because what will happen is as students grow in jujitsu, even if you're the self-defense guy, they're gonna maybe go to open mats, they're gonna dabble with their friends that other do jujitsu. And the last thing you want them to do is feel like they're incompetent and they've never been exposed to a whole other world. Not saying they have to be the next ADCC world champion. But if, if you like, don't show like leg locks or you don't show any kind of X guard, or you don't even kind of expose them to the idea of how the technique works, then you're doing them a disservice. Same thing. If you're a sport guy, if you're like, well, the chances of them getting into a fight is minuscule. And, you know, even if they train sport, they'll still be okay in a street fight. I would disagree with that unless they're like a purple brown belt and they've been training for a long time. But if you're a white belt or a blue belt and your student gets into a fight and all they have is like a hip escape from the bottom of the mount and they don't know how to deal with the punch from the bottom of the mount, you're doing them a disservice. So it, it goes, it goes both ways. I used to be on one side of the fence. I used to be on the fence of like, you know, only train the stuff that you'll use in real life and don't train anything else, which I still think, you can do but i think it's naive to say you can't expose yourself to other things doesn't mean you have to use them or be a master of them but you got to expose yourself you got to always be increasing your information and knowledge and being exposed to new stuff so the answer the original topic about like brazilian jiu-jitsu american jiu-jitsu or gracie jiu-jitsu right which one is good and which one's bad the thing is that they're all they're all a compass of everything they're all the same thing they're all jiu-jitsu it's all like one jiu-jitsu it's all in the same stuff, you know, we just use that to, you know, identify that we practice one more than the other, right? And at the end of the day, this is what I always say is if you look any history of jujitsu, and I know the Gracie family kind of gets a bad rap a lot of times in a lot of the jujitsu circle because, you know, there's, there's claims of plagiarism, there's claims that they stole a bunch of stuff and never gave accolations to, you know, the Japanese practitioners and they duh, 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 did all this stuff, right? What, whatever, who, you know, I don't know as more archives come out and stuff, maybe more information comes out. But at the end of the day, what the Gracie family did, um, and they put it on video and they did a lot. They, did, they were the best at taking notes about it because that's the best data we can find is they basically did a giant unethical psychological study of what would happen if you knew minimal jiu jitsu or you knew minimal grappling against someone who didn't know anything. And usually, what you always found is that if you understood jiu jitsu and you understood the concept of fighting, that the goal is to take the person down, get on top, control, dominate, and then wait for them to present themselves, you will usually take care of yourself and they will turn over. You can choke them or you can, you know, win the fight from the top. They showed that that is. What happens 99% of the time? If you're unskilled, it doesn't matter. If I take you down and you don't know what to do and I mount you, and even if I don't punch you, but I make you claustrophobic, what happens is people turn over. And if you're never trained jujitsu and you've never done jujitsu before and you're listening to this for some reason and you don't believe me, go into a jiu-jitsu school and see what happens. One of my favorite stories is I have, I teach private lessons. And a lot of times I get private lessons from my friends. And people who just know me around or I get referred to. And I'm the first time that they've ever done a jiu-jitsu lesson. Like they've never done a group class. They're doing their first lesson in a private. And usually my default first lesson is to teach somebody how to escape them out. Because it's like the worst place in jiu-jitsu. So I teach them how to like escape them out if someone's punching them. If someone's just holding them down, keeping them super stuck. Because that is a lot of fear of a lot of people. They have a lot of fear of claustrophobia or fear of helplessness. So if you can kind of build their confidence and teaching them how to escape that, then it just kind of gets the whole journey rolling in the right direction, in my opinion, right? Sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm going to show them a submission or whatever, maybe, but I usually say that for lesson two or three. Anyway, so one of my favorite stories is I was training with a, a student who is a white belt and he had had like three or four lessons. And we did the lesson where I teach, you know, okay, from the mount, the person turns over and then we take their backs, we put the hooks in and we finish with the rear naked choke, right? It's a classic lesson. A lot of people know it. Everyone does it. And, uh, you know, so we, we, we were talking and he was like, you know, Chase, I think that was a really good lesson. And I definitely think that if no one knew jujitsu, that would probably happen. But he goes, now that I know that, I don't think I would ever turn my back. And I just like stared at him in disbelief. And I was like, Really? more more not like angry but more like wow you really think that and he was like yeah I mean I'm logical so like I wouldn't turn my back now knowing how bad it is I was like oh okay I I see what you're saying so you're saying because you think you have enough information now you have enough education you wouldn't do that he was like yeah I was like okay we'll see (laughs) so anyway we, we finished the lesson and then we we do sparring and and so the sparring lesson was just like hey I want you just to hold me down. I'm going to hold you down. And I just want you to get out. If I hold you down, just try to get out. Right. So very, very easy goals, two minutes on the clock, nothing crazy. And what was nuts is even though I wasn't punching and I wasn't hitting when someone's options are all exhausted from the bottom of the mount, they don't know what else to do. Claustrophobia sets in, panic sets in, fear of not knowing what to do sets in. And sure enough, after about I don't know. It probably wasn't that long, maybe 15 seconds of me being in the mount and me shutting down the escapes that he knew. Now they're very minimal, but still I shut them down. He ended up turning over and he turned over. I sunk in the choke and it was done. And he was like, wow, I turned over and I said, I wouldn't. I was like, yeah. And it was really cool. Cause it was like light bulb moments for him to realize that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Even if you know a little bit when you can, funnel somebody into a certain position and funnel them into certain ideas and you still have more knowledge and information and skill you're still going to be able to win and dominate and really that's what the Gracie family did so you can say that they stole the techniques you can say that you know they didn't give so-and-so enough credit or whatever but what they did is they did hours of psychological studies to where they just put these matchups up and they watched how people reacted and the very first UFCs you kind of see the same thing and now it's a total different competition today when you see the UFC like everyone has to know jujitsu and everyone has to know everything so I think that just shows you the evolution of that American jujitsu, Gracie Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, that it's going to evolve over time I think that you need to keep in mind why you started jujitsu and if you're feeling like you're frustrated and you're feeling like you're not accomplishing what you want to accomplish, go back to day one and think about, you know, why did I start jiu-jitsu? And did I accomplish these things? Am I better than I was? Okay, if I did. And then just keep pressing forward. So, um, and then two, also if you're out of school right now that maybe is not addressing what you want, you know, if they're not giving you self-defense, ask them hey, why do we not ever talk about how to block punches? Why do we ever not ever talk about that and have a conversation? They might have a whole different take that you might enjoy that's better than mine. Um, But personally, as an instructor, I think everyone should learn the self-defense aspect from white to blue belt and then everything else can be given after that. Because even as a, you know, if your goal is to be a champion, you're like, well, you know, I'm going to miss all that stuff at blue belt and at white belt, I miss all this stuff. Yeah, okay. But do you want to be a white belt world champion? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Do you want to be a blue belt world champion? No. You want to be a black belt world champion if you want to be world champion. So the white to blue belt is just a very basic journey that's just giving you information. So I think giving people that self-defense aspect and teaching them if they had to get into a fight tomorrow, they at least had an idea of what to do, I think is the best value you can give somebody. And then after that... Go on, do whatever you want. Continue down the self-defense journey. I still train self-defense. Um, every couple months, I put on gloves with students, and you know we roll around, and, and we're allowed to kind of throw light strikes and touch each other in the face. Very similar to like combat jujitsu. And uh, you're seeing how jujitsu very much changes in that way. Um, you know, I could do a whole podcast about how you should structure your jujitsu for self-defense, which I might do one day, and how you can even train that if your school doesn't offer self-defense jujitsu, there's a way you can think about it. Um, So it's just different ways of doing things, right? So that's my tangent for today. Um, As you guys know, you know, I don't charge anything for this podcast. I don't, you know, have any ads or anything. So the one ask that I do ask you is if you could, you know, make sure you leave the podcast a like, make sure you leave it five stars. Also share it with your friends if you think that they would enjoy this type of content. Yeah. And until next time, I'll see you guys later.